Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Yeah, that was better. So I edited out a, a, a terrible uh, take that Katie did, but just imagine that it wasn't good and I fixed it, and we fixed it. It's like when you when you think too much about something instead of just like acting on muscle memory, and then you're like, oh, no, stupid, you didn't... That's what happens. My brain had a problem. I used to see the videos. Like, I do, like, sometimes six takes of the intros of videos because I say the wrong thing or, like, stumble the words. It, yeah, it's, it's editing is amazing. Yes. Although you never edit out the stuff that I want you to edit out when I say other dumb stuff. So, I mean, I like to leave the dumb stuff in, just not like mistakes. Dumb stuff is fine. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Well, we are kind of at summer's end, really. Um, I know in some places, kids are starting school. Our kids don't go back for another couple weeks. And we are headed to vacation. I know it seems like all the board game mechanics do is go on vacation. But that's not true. Hey, we work hard. It's hard to be pretty okay, and we need some time off. Yeah. So uh, we're headed to the beach next week. So we we talked about trying to do a podcast for next week. I I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, probably not. We did talk about me trying to do some li- a live play of something maybe while at the beach or I, I don't know. It it might not come to fruition and we might actually just go on a vacation for once. So let's ex- let's hope for the best but expect the worst. So expect absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you won't be yeah. disappointed. Which really, I'd say that's a motto for every week with the board game mechanics. But you know, you you guys do you. Well, we don't. I don't think I'd ever say hope for the best, but hope for okay. Yeah. No, that's why I said expect absolutely nothing, and then. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Glad we got that straight. All right, everybody, let's buckle up and let's look at some news. Do you want to do your news first? Because you actually have news, or would you like me to start? No, I can do mine. It's just, uh, it, it's it's some sad news, I think, because I like this company. Um, a couple of weeks back, it was brought up, our Tasty Minstrel put out a press release, I think, saying that they were declaring bankruptcy, and they were going to cease making games for two or three years and just sell their stock to try to make sure they could liqu- liquidate their assets and all that stuff. But it seems like after that period, they may be coming back to do some games. So that's just what I'm speculating. I don't know. For at least, for so at least two or three years, no more Tasty Minstrel other than what's already published and in stock and all that kind of thing. Oh, I mean, I'm sure that's sad if I um, could remember any games that they made. But I, I know we have some. Yeah, A Harbor. That's um, okay, that's what I thought of. The only one I could think of. Ours Alchemia. Scoville. I was like, is them? I thought that was... um. Well, uh, TMG does the American distribution of it. Oh, because I thought we got ours from Japanime. Nope, we actually bought it at Cool Stuff at Origins. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, but TMG does a lot of, of pretty solid games. We don't actually have a ton of them, but all the ones that I've played, I've enjoyed. So, yeah, it's, it's sad. They make good quality. They have nice bits, too. Oh, and the Coliseum that we have is TMG as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like kind of like whimsical as far as artwork tends to go, but the games themselves, at least the ones I know of, I I enjoy playing them. I like that. Yep, yep, I agree. So that that is sad, but at least there's hope that they may come back. So we'll hope for that. Yeah, um, I don't. I mean, I don't know the reason or anything. Like if they haven't made any good games lately, or if it's been like how much shipping has increased cost wise, or yeah, I don't know. The article didn't say that, so yeah, I have no idea, honestly. Pure speculation. That's what we do here. That's Speculate. right. Speculate. <laughs> All right, so let's move on for bankruptcy. Let's talk about Kickstarters. Hey, that's a great segue. Um, I have two Kickstarters today, and they're actually both kinds of games that I doubt that I would play. Because <laughs> I think they're they're both designed to be solo, although this first one can be um, two-player. Which is crazy for me. I don't know what's happening this week. Like I said, who knows where this this episode's going to go. So my first game I want to talk about is Spires in Hildegard. Um, This is by, I think, like Favreau Games or something. Um, So they had released... I don't know when it came out. Good question. But Spires End is a, a game that's already been out. I actually was listening to a podcast, sort of, and I never listen to podcasts. Um... Oh, yeah, in 2019. So it's been a couple years. 
and they were talking about Spire's End, which I thought was interesting. Um, but then I came across this. And so this is kind of, uh, it's set in the same realm as, as Spire's End, but they kind of said it's it's more warm and vibrant. It's a little more snuggly, I guess, as far as Spire Ends goes. And when you look at the artwork, I would agree with that. Like the art on this is awesome. So in Hildegard, what you're doing is you play as Hildegard. And if there's two of you, you're like Hildegard's hothead friend, Halvig. Anyway, so Hildegard is, she's going out on her first adventure. She's like a messenger who's delivering something, um, some, you know, important package or whatever. And um, she's just, it's her first adventure. She's armed with her slingshot. If you play with Halvig, she has a boomerang. Um, and it's basically like they took a choose your own adventure book and deconstructed it, deconstructed it into decks of cards. Um, but it's not like, uh, and it's not even just like, oh, choose your own adventure where it's so basic. Like, do you choose to make this choice or not? It's like even basic stuff like, um, before you go out into the wild, you're going to have this hearty breakfast at the Hungry Hog. And you haven't eaten since yesterday and your stomach's growling. So the barkeeper says, what do you have? And you can choose fruit and nuts. You can choose porridge and coffee. You can have bread and buttermilk. And so you have even like basic choices like that um, to help progress the story. And you find items and all kinds of little helpful things that you can get you can ask for directions you like you can get trail mix to take with you or you know just depending on whatever it is you pay gold you have an inventory so you're going on this adventure sometimes you'll come across a target like she's not like a, a you know fierce fighter so the fighting there is some kind of but they're not um it's not like an overwhelming kind of fighting thing like you have a target number generally um and you can hit or miss or you can like face off with something and you can like Hildegard has some kind of accuracy and the other thing you're fighting like in one case she's fighting a scarecrow who's shooting corn at her um so it's like a little bit fanciful everything in it the artwork is really cool um there's like specific dice that you get that go with it, uh, she can go fishing and have bait. Like it's, I like that it's not this like super serious adventure, but it's still an adventure. And I, I just, I think that's really neat. I like that a lot. Um, so if you like solo adventures, if you want to check out this really cute artwork, it's like a choose your own adventure decks of cards. I don't know. It just seems really lovely. Um, check out Spires in Hildegard. There um, are five days left on Kickstarter from the time this episode airs, and it's forty bucks. So that's for like I think four hundred and some cards, um, specialty dice. Um, what else do you get? Four chapters, specialty dice. All the playmats and add-on. Really cool artwork, but yeah, I. I don't know a ton about this game, and I didn't even realize it. You said it was just solo, right? It can be solo or two players. Like you, oh, okay. you could have like your plucky right. sidekick come along with you. Yeah, all I know about this game is I saw some of the art, and the art is amazing. It's like it's really it's some cool. of the best art I've seen in a while. It's really nice. I like it. But from what you described, it seemed like the game sounds pretty neat. So yeah, it'd be worth checking out. Yeah, I like to play it. So Spires in Hildegard, five days, forty bucks. So another game that is solo and in a completely different style is Get to the Checkpoint. Um, Arnold. Arnold. <laughs> which is uh. a game that is like very 80s action movie inspired. So you are leading this band of people through the jungle, trying to reach these checkpoints. You're trying to keep your squad from getting wiped out. So you're going through these dangerous jungle zones. You can fight like 80s inspired enemies like an alien squad or a headhunter or a rebel zombie. Or a predator. It doesn't say on there, but sure. Oh, uh, there should be a predator. That'd be there cool. could be. I don't know. Um, you can get supplies like a terrified local or a ray gun attack or some med kits or something. Um, and it's it's a dice rolling game, so you get like nine dice that you start with and you roll them, and they go into 
your different like areas of play on your player board um, for your um, supplies, your ammo, the enemy number of enemies you're going to counter. Um, and they've got all these really cool charts. Like when you when you fight roll for combat, like you consult the chart with your roll afterwards. Um, when you uh, like you have to like collect supplies and or you have to have supplies for all of the people in your squad. So then if you don't have enough or whatever, you consult the chart. Um, if you can't defeat the enemy, then you consult the injury chart. So everything is really like laid out there on this player board. And even there's different ways to die for your people, like ridiculous ones, like um, where did I see that? I mean, like crazy ones, like accidentally incinerated groin, slowly impaled spleen, <laughs> badly ripped That's hilarious. kneecaps. Oh, man, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger so much. So there are all different. Um, you can play. There's several. There's four different levels of difficulty that you can play, which um, is how many like different zones you have to get the people through. Um and you meet the checkpoint each time. So you're marching and fighting and checking to see if there's injuries and salvaging stuff. And it's just like, it's totally like even the title graphic font is like, I think it's Street Fighter um, font. I don't, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Um, and like the enemies and the salvage cards, like they're all like spoofy, funny, um, just kind of like action adventure leftovers. So if you like solo games, if you're looking for something kooky, um, check out, get to the checkpoint. There's 11 days left on that Kickstarter and it's 43 bucks. Man, I was telling you before we recorded that I still want to back this game because I love Arnold. All of his movies are great. And any game that's a spoof of Arnold Schwarzenegger, I feel like we need to own. You realize Arnold is not actually in this game. I don't care. Get to the checkpoint is the same as get to the chopper. It's, not it's the same thing. The same, but <laughs> that guy on the cover is like a mixture of like Arnold and like um Duke Nukem or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, I Johnny Bravo. That's not like Johnny Bravo. <laughs> it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Johnny Bravo had a baby. No way. You're crazy. Uh, you won't back it, though, because it's $43. It's over the mark. Sorry. Yeah, and it's a lot of role to resolve in looking at charts. That's not my jam. But the theme, the theme is awesome. Well, that's all I have for news. Leaving on that note. All right, let's talk about some games we played, because we did play some games. We actually played some games last week that we didn't get to talk about. So we're going to have a little bit of carryover here. Um, the first game that we're going to talk about is the newest game in the Valeria universe. I don't know how many there are. A lot of them. They all have the name Valeria in the title. But this one is Shadow Kingdoms of Valeria. And this is still from Daily Magic. I'm not sure if the designer is the same. I didn't look at any of that. I don't even know. I don't really care. But it does have art from the Miko, which I think is a carryover from all the other games. He does like uh, the West Kingdom series... North Sea, all that type of thing. And what you're doing in this game is it's effectively a dice drafting game where you're taking your little worker to one of these five sections of the board and you're going to take a die. The die could give you a discount of an item that you're trying to buy from that area, like a, a hero or whatever the cards are. It may give you a discount to try to um, reserve back a battle plan. Um, it could let you get gold so you could spend money to do some stuff later but the die is also going to be used for the color to defeat battle plans and what you're trying to do is you're trying to be the first person to get i think in a four-player game seven completed battle plans and just try to score the most points throughout the game there's a little more to it than that but it's a little worker placement taking some dice doing some things and defeating the plans with the colors so with that terrible description what did you think about this game i don't remember this at all I saw that you put it on here, and I'm like, I don't remember how, I don't remember any, I can't picture that game in my head at all. So you, it's got the colored dice, and it's, I had the little green goblin guy that was real short. Remember that? You rolled dice, they had uh, the big number, they had a little number that was like a discount, and you're buying these cards. Okay, yeah, I sort of do. Let me look at the pictures. <laughs> like we, we, we literally played this like two weeks ago. I know, this is terrible. I saw, I'm like, oh crap, I don't remember that game. 
I, and like pieces are coming to you and they kept saying battle plans. I'm like, what the frick? I don't know. Okay, okay. That's okay. the one where you have to pay the gold and yeah, turn yeah, in the yeah. dice of the color. You get a, okay, whatever okay. the value is, you get some points. Okay, I'm looking at a picture of the board and now I remember it. I was like, seriously, like we literally just played this. <laughs> I know, but this is why I'm so bad. Like, I think this is my problem. Um, I just don't remember games. I have to like see them again or something. It, it just doesn't come to mind. All right, so now that you know what this game is, <laughs> now that what do you I think know. about this game? Okay, um, I like this game. I like that um, you can unlock some different types of things on your board that can kind of change how you play versus other people. Although I agree um, with Chris. I think we were talking about the fact that it would be nice if there were more um, asymmetric player powers other than just the color of dice that you can use as well. But that is really cool because um, that then changes kind of how you play. Um, I like that the higher the number of the die that you're going to choose, which is good in a lot of ways for you to get points, um, you also don't get that much of a discount or that benefit at the time. So then there's this really like good interplay between, okay, I want a high number, but like I also want gold now or oh, I really want to take that card and I don't have enough gold, but I'm, so I need a bigger discount or ooh, I want this type of card to put um, in my tableau. So I, I like that kind of tension there. I think that's really great. Um, I would obviously need to play it again so I, c- it, I can remember it more. I, I liked it. I like dice drafting games, I would say, in general. Um, I wish there was... A little bit more variety with like what you can do so that it didn't feel like everybody was kind of doing the same thing um and i don't like the artwork actually uh but i thought it was pretty fun yeah i agree i it's it was a, a pretty simple to play game um it would have been nice if there was a player power that would have been cool but i think the well a couple things they're going to put out expansions to give you player powers but I think the way you're taking those tokens off your player board is everybody's going to do it in a different order, and that's going to kind of give you a different effect than everybody else at some points. I don't know. But yeah, I like right. it. All right, so the next game is a game we've played a lot. Uh, it's from our buddy PDB, Philip Dubarry, and it is called Revolution. We don't need to talk about this game a lot. You're bidding to um, get control of these people or things on this board, and you're trying to put out a cube on these different locations to have area majority at the end of the game. It's super mean, um, accidentally mean maybe, intentionally mean maybe, <laughs> but it's it's mean, uh, and, and I like it quite a bit. So we played this with four and someone who'd never played it before, and yeah, I still had a great time. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I like this game. It can be really frustrating because, again, I stink, I just suck at um, area control. Like, I just can't do it, and so... That that would really make me think. Gosh, I don't ever want to play this game. Um, but the like, you know, hidden kind of bidding, the different types of influence and things. I do like that. Um, so I think I think that that part's good. I don't want to play it all the time though. Like that, I felt like that was reinforced with this this most recent play. I'm like, oh, you really don't like area control, Katie. Remember? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It. It can be a little overwhelming, and people can get irritated if it goes like if we play too much. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't like, I don't get irritated by it. Thankfully, like I can sometimes with area control, um, but it's just not one that I would pick up and play multiple times in a short time span. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so the next one we actually played this week, and we I've played it before, but you'd never played it. No, but we have played multiple multiple games of another game in this series and this one's clank in space mm-hmm. so so this is the space version um it plays similarly to all the other clanks you have a deck of cards you're doing deck building thing uh you're trying to move across a spaceship to get to the artifacts i'm not actually sure what they're called in this one i call them artifacts but you're trying to get to those and then get out of the ship on an escape pod there's a few differences you need like a key card to get through some spaces, you need an access code to get to the back end of the ship where all the artifacts are. You have to do some hacking by going to these spaces and putting a cube down. And everybody goes out of a different escape pod. Once the escape pod's gone, you got to go to one of the other three locations on the board. So it's a little bit different than basic Clank, but it's still Clank. So you'd never played this one before. What did you think about this one? 
Um, it was okay. So I, I really do like Clank. I enjoyed it. Uh, we played Clank Legacy through twice with different groups. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and again, I'm not just saying, and I know some people are going to say, you just don't like it because it's in space. You're right. I don't like it because it's in space. The board is ugly. Like, I hated that. It just looks, it's awful to look at. Um, I like some of the different things. I like the idea of um, everyone going out a different area. However, I feel like this is exponentially more difficult. Um, and I think I would need to play it again, no, keeping that in mind. Because it almost doesn't even matter if there's different, you need to go to a different escape pod than everybody else. Because chances are you're not going to survive. Um, honestly. It just was rough and I don't like it when a game beats you up so bad because then I feel like you don't get a chance to try to get the points your way or whatever um but still it's clank and it's good I also love um I that's the thing about space I love Star Trek Star Wars Firefly I mean I, I like those things so I like the cards that are nods to all those different things I wish I had a chance to see more of them um, and to have, you know, more time to come through my hand necessarily. But I, I did like those nods to all the sci-fi stuff that I really enjoy. Um, but it was fine. It definitely wouldn't be my first choice of a Clank game to play. But it was still Clank. It was good. I'll come back to this later. But uh, yeah, I like this one. I think this I like this one a little bit better maybe than regular because you can't just run down, grab the first one and get out because everybody has to hack twice get to the back of the ship because that's where everything is and then work their way out. So I think it makes it a little more even, but because of that, it does make it more difficult to get out. I, I agree with you 100%. But it is possible because I successfully made it out while all you chumps died. Yeah, so one of four. Like, I feel like that's not good odds. It felt good for me, but <laughs> yeah. And the last game we're going to talk about is, I think, a new hotness. I don't know. I can't keep up with a new hotness. I'll just be honest. But it did just fulfill from Kickstarter, and I know that because the copy that I have in my house is from my buddy Brandon, who got it from Kickstarter, and it is called Cascadia. And this is a game from Flat Out Games. They did Calico and AEG, which has done tons of stuff. Right. And um, what you're doing in this game is you are trying to build some land in front of you with some animal tokens on top. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to be drafting a tile and a token from this set of four. The trick here is... The tokens and the tiles that you get all come out random, and if you don't have these little special tokens, you have to take a group of whatever's associated with the other one. And you're trying to get um, terrain down in certain types together to score a point per tile. If you have the biggest set of terrain, you get some extra points. And you're trying to get these different patterns of patterns of animals on these tiles to score points from the cards for each of these five different animals. So it's kind of two different scoring mechanisms all wrapped up into one little game. That sounds way more difficult than it is. It's really not, but you got to kind of be cognizant of both of those when you're playing. So this is my second time playing, and I also did a video on YouTube for this, but this was your first time playing. So what was your initial thought on Cascadia? So at first I thought, oh no, why are you giving me little discs that I have to put together? Um, we played Overboss, which has a similar, like you take a token and like a tile and place them both. And I, for some reason, could not get my brain to work. However, Cascadia was different. I don't know if it's because it has animals on it. I couldn't tell you. But it made more sense to me. And I like that. I like games where you're trying to generate different types of points in different ways. Like, I really love that, obviously. I talk about multi-pass to victory all the time. And I like that. So it's like, okay, well, even if I can't get an animal in this grouping, like, let's look at see, let's look and see, um, are my terrain types going to be able to line up or where can, which one is going to give me the most points? Like how can I maximize what I have? And I like that idea. Um, I like picking up the chunky tokens. It has even not exactly like a parks look to it, but um, you know, that kind of vein. So it's, it's pleasant to look at. Um, it's, it's really simple to play, but yet you're trying to get the most out of the combos and the arrangements and stuff. And I, I really like that kind of brain workout. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I like this game too. It, it might be a little simple. It's not probably not something that I want to play over and over and over, but it's fine. I mean, I don't, I kind of understand the appeal because people like having those games that are easy to teach and easy to play, but there's also some decisions to make. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, 
some of the games that come out with this new hotness, I don't know if it's Kickstarter fulfillment hype or whatever. I, I just don't understand. And this is one of them. It's a good game, but I don't I don't see the hype. But yeah, I, I still enjoy it. I'm not trying to say that it's bad. I just I don't understand some of it. I didn't realize there's any hype around it. I'm just like, oh, it's a game that's been fulfilled. It's nice. I think I like that. It's a nice casual game. I think um, sometimes we have to be careful not to be too pretentious about our games and just play games that are fun. Right. I played it. I played it twice. It's fun. I was just that was just voicing my opinion. All right. Um, so that is all the games we played. So let's just talk about what we want to talk about this week. So our topic this week um, has been alluded to slightly before now in this episode. And I want to talk about our favorite rerun games. And just like there are television shows that no matter how many times you've seen the episodes of How I Met Your Mother or MASH, um, Magnum P.I., there are several shows that I've probably seen every episode multiple times, but I will always watch it if it's on. And in that same vein, there are games that I will pick up and play and then want to play it again right away and again and oh you want to play it tomorrow yeah let's pull that out again there just are some games that i'm like yeah let's do it again as soon as we wrap it up i'm like okay let's set it up and play again and so we want to talk about kind of our top three games that we would play over and over and over so jace what's your first one all right, so my first one is a game that we've played a ton. It's one of our most played games, according to my tracker, um, and it is called The Quacks of Quedlinburg. This isn't even, I don't even think this is in my top 10, but every time I play this game, I love it so much. This is a push-your-luck game. You're pulling chits out of a bag, trying to put them in your cauldron or pot or whatever, trying not to explode by getting too many of the white chips. Uh, there's a couple expansions, Herb Witches and The Alchemist, which are going to add a little bit more to the game to make it a little more gamery or deep i guess whatever it's still a push your luck game and this game is just so fun there's so much different variety with the books and the cards and the expansions and just pulling those chits out just has an awesome tension that i like so my first one that i would play every day is the quacks of quedlinburg yeah this one has has so much replayability and with or without expansions like my my sister who doesn't really like many other games but card games she owns this herself even and really enjoys this and is excited about all the expansions that come out. Like she loves this game and because it, it really meshes with all different kinds of people, like it's one that's just, it's just fun to bring out. So yeah, I, that's a good one. My first one is a game that is super, I think under the radar. It's so undervalued. Part of it is it takes a lot to set up. And I get that, but oh, I love this game so much. And that game is Obsession. So in Obsession, it's oh, a tile-laying kind of hand management contract fulfillment, maybe, kind of game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It, it's got a little bit of a lot of things. It does. Um, so you are a member of a family that was once wealth, once wealthy and prestigious, but now you are not. You've fallen on hard times. You want to get back into society. So you are trying to court the wealthy um, Fairchild siblings that have moved into the neighborhood. Um, so it's basically Downton Abbey, Pride and Prejudice, the board game. Um, because of that, and the theme is so strong in this game, you are putting on events at your estate um, and inviting guests. So you want to invite guests that's gonna, that are going to bring you prestige, guests that are going to bring you money, so you become wealthier, so that you become, um, you know, more prestigious, that the Fairchilds will like you and want to come um, to your estate, possibly even marry you, and that kind of match would be quite advantageous for your family. So, I, like, I just love all the different types of rooms that you can add to your estate so that you can host whist and, um, I don't know, pheasant hunting or all kinds of different things, cabinets of curiosities people come look at. And then the guests themselves are all based on historic people. You know, you could end up with like a gauche uh, American heiress who is not going to, it's going to knock down your reputation, but they have a lot of money. So do you keep them around? There's some cad going around. Like, I, 
there's just so many interesting things in this and and there's so many cards, so many different guests, so many different tiles that after I play once, I'm like, okay, cool. I want to play again. And I want to see what comes out. And like there's story that just evolves as you play. Like, uh, I really love this game. And if I could find people that would play it with me over and over again, I totally would. So my first pick is Obsession. Yeah, this is a solid game. Uh, I like this game quite a bit too. And I I honestly think some of those cards are super thematic too. Like there's that guy or a lady that doesn't have any legs mm-hmm. and they need two people to assist them because, you know, you got to have one legs. Inside so they can walk. Like it's just super cool things like that. That Like it's little things, but it just adds to the theme a little bit. And yeah, this game is really good. Yeah. All right. So my next one is a little bit on the heavier side. And by a little, I mean Vital Lacerda. And it is called The Gallerist. Now, this is a game that I like quite a bit. I haven't even really played it that much. And I don't know, just it's heavy and it's intimidating to teach. And I don't, you know, I don't think a lot of people like VTAL as much as me. So I don't want to force people to play VTAL. But if I could, I would play this more. And this is a game where it's a worker placement game where you're trying to discover artists and photographers and sculptors. And you're trying to then buy their works of art, put them in your um, gallery hoping they'll become superstars and you'll have a masterpiece in your gallery. You're trying to go glad hand foreign dignitaries so you can win their favor and trust and they'll come do business in your gallery. It's it's a cool game. It's dripping with theme too. It has a lot of theme for being a super big, heavy Euro game. And I like it. So if I could play this more, I would play it more. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's bigger and harder to teach and I get intimidated by that. So my second one is the gallerist. I know how to play it. That's true. You do know how to play it. You don't have to teach it to me. That's true. Um, I do like this game. I don't. I would play it semi-frequently, but probably not as frequently as you'd want to. Yeah, I I don't know. I like it. Everything about this game just clicks in my brain and I like it. Mm, yeah. That doesn't mean I win or I'm good at it. I just, I like it. It burns my brain. And so sometimes I, I, need, I need to take some time away from it. Uh, my my next choice is a little brain burning, um, but yeah, it's short and simple, and oh man, it just hits like so many great things for me, and that is the Shipwreck Arcana. So in this game, it's in a tiny little box with really cool artwork. Um, everyone has a number line, numbers one to seven. On your turn, you draw two new two separate numbers out of a bag. You lay one down, and that is your number for your turn. The other one you're going to place on one card that's laid out. Um, fates, fate cards. The fate cards yeah, fate, yep. are going to give a clue as to what number, what fate no the fates aren't isn't the numbers aren't they the fates uh the numbers are fate tokens are to no i don't know the cards are fate cards all right um so they're gonna give a clue as to what number you have turned down that's secret and so it's a cooperative game everybody's working together to try and figure out what number you have and the the fate cards have these really interesting like clues like oh it's an even number or the sum the sum is an even number the sum is an odd number um the sum is exactly double and so using that with some logic you're trying to whittle down what that person has in front of them as a number and then some of those fade and you're basically working together to beat like the time clock uh there's something so great about it. It's cooperative. People are thinking, you're thinking, um, but it's not like overwhelming because you're just like, it's only numbers one to seven. So you don't have to do excessive math, but there's some kind of really great deduction that happens um, that I just love. And I will play this game and it's short. It's super short. And immediately I'm like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And I could play over and over again for hours um, and then and bring it out again the next day. Like, I just really like this game. Um, so my second choice is Shipwreck Arcana. Yeah, this is solid. And I we talked about this a little bit earlier, too. I like this one, but this is not one that I want to play all the time. It it gets a little thinky and I don't know. It, it can be a little dry, I think. After your gallerist choice, like, I feel like you have no room to talk. I. I prefer the gallerist over this game, but I understand why you would want to keep playing it. It gives you some good decisions. You you love deduction, the co-op feeling. 
I don't love co-op. I'm not super as big in deduction as you. So that's just why I wouldn't want to play it as much. But it's a solid game. Like, I like it. It's one of the, my favorite deduction games. All right, so I kind of alluded to my last one a little bit earlier. And a game that I love playing all the time, and I probably would bring out more, maybe. But we only have the legacy version, and that's Clank. Um, it's probably not my favorite deck builder, but every time I play it, I just enjoy I enjoy the the journey. I like the way the cards work, the way you move around on the board. Um, the suspense of pulling the cubes out of the bag, because I love pulling stuff out of bags. Um, buying cards for points, just ho- hoping I don't die. I get out of that, that stupid spaceship or underground or pyramid or whatever I'm playing in, and I just survive. I, I like this game a lot. It's just fun, and it would be one that I could bust out. Probably not every day, but... I would bust it out more than some of my other games for sure. So Clank, any variety is my last one. I mean, again, I mentioned I like Clank. um, And when we played Clank Legacy, the Acquisitions Incorporated, I really enjoyed it. And we played multiple games of it in a row. Um, Yeah. But I don't don't know if I'd play it as often as you. Clank Legacy is the best version in my opinion. But I like them all. We should get the regular one. Yeah, because there's a bunch of different maps now too, like a pyramid and like a spider cave or something underwater or something yeah yeah there's a lot of different maps now yeah we've been missing out yep my last one is a deck builder that is not my favorite but i really like it and it is harry potter hogwarts battle um much like obsession i think i like this game because of its deep thematics so in harry potter hogwarts battle you are working cooperatively as one of five I think there's five different characters. You can play up to five, maybe. Yeah, I think yes. there's six, six maybe, characters. You can play. You could be yeah. Luna, Ginny, Neville, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. So there's six you can choose from, but I think you can play five, which five is whoa really hard. Um, but you're fighting against you know different Death Eaters, and then eventually, ultimately Voldemort. You can play through um, different chapters, which ups the difficulty with which adds more cards. Um, Jason is a sadist, so we play with all of them all the time, which makes us very hard, which means you die a lot, which is why I will just jump right back in because I'm like, oh, we can do better and oh, we could have done that. And oh, if you hadn't gotten stunned there and if we had, you know, killed off Lucius first before this. And the cards are so interesting. I love to see like the different allies come out and be like, oh, I got the Weasley twins. Like, oh, yeah, now I've got, you know, I, I love that. There's dice rolling and and there's special abilities and like we have all of the different expansions so like I can have um you know a Patronus and, or I can have like a specific um owl's specialty or something that gives me my me another player power and so then you can use player powers like not even on your turn like and there's so many cards and just interesting things that come out and different combos that I just want to play it over and over again. Um, and I love Harry Potter and it's just so deeply thematic, like the way the different cards work with the different people and the different allies and even what they give you and who has what in their deck. I just, I love it. I, I'm, I'm a total Potterhead. So, and I love deck builders. So this one, I would just play and play and play. So my last one is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Yeah, this is a good one. I really like the newest expansion, the potions, because it gives you some like a different, I guess, player powers than everybody else based on your health, which is pretty cool. But yeah, this is good. We play it. We die a lot, but it's fun. However, I did realize that I was setting up the bad guys incorrectly the last time we played it. So we played it correctly that time and it was easier. It was oh. easier. Okay. I don't remember. You're supposed, to use, you're supposed to use nine and I was using like all 20 of them. Oh, or something. okay. <laughs> See, again, like he just wants the, I don't like games that beat you up, but this one, I'm willing to, to do it again for Harry Potter. I'll just keep getting beat up. Um, I have a list of honorable mentions. Because I, I, and maybe this is an aspect of my personality that I don't understand. I love to, to revisit the same thing over and over, which is odd because on the Enneagram, I'm a seven. I'm an ENFP. I love spontaneity. I love things that change. I love new experiences. I love adventure, but I want to watch the same TV show, the same movie and play the same games. So I have a lot of games that I would play over and over again, um, and then I hope Jason has his own honorable mentions to follow up with. Um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. 
absolutely love that game. I love it even better now that I have the 3D printed trays. It's all set up for me. That's it's beautiful. Um, from member of Riveted, you are amazing. Um, but part of that is I I like how different rooms come out. You put them out in different wi- like different combinations. You're trying to maximize the points that you're scoring. You know, I obviously just love being a, the crazy person that looks at every single stinking room and wants the fun rooms. I want the bottomless pit. I want the secret lair. You know, I want all those funny things. So I would play that one compl- over and over again. And I have actually played it with somebody and they're like, oh, it's fun. Can we play it again, but maybe use all the rooms? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. So we played it again right away. And then I introduced somebody else to it. Um, also, Between Two Castles, I like a lot as well, especially because there's new kinds of rooms in there that I haven't seen before that, oh my goodness, I will totally put the cape room and the puppy room and the kitty room. And if you had this in the same castle, like, wouldn't that be amazing? Love it. Um, no. You're ridiculous. Uh, Hagakure is a little card game. It is beautiful artwork. It is a trick-taking game, which I love because I have a huge background in Euchre. Um, And I will teach this to anybody. It's so simple to teach. The rules are basic, but and the scores are low, but it's tense. It's tense. It's so good. Um, Yeah, I just love that little card game a lot. More than you, I think. Yeah, I like it. It's fine. I don't like it as much as you, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, another game I will play over and over again is Wingspan, which is crazy because I hate birds. We've been over that. And if you like birds, I'm sorry. You can like birds. I just don't trust your judgment. It's fine. Wingspan, however, is a great engine builder, and I love that. And again, we have the two different expansions. We... Um, so there's like a bajillion cards in there and you never see the same birds. And also with the different cards, you are able to like trigger different bonuses. You can like, oh, maybe I want to get more birds that eat other birds. So I'm tucking cards behind or, oh, I want to stockpile like a cache of food tokens on here to get points that way. Like, ah, it's just insane. I love that. And so for me, the replayability is there. I would just keep playing over and over again. It can be hard. That's And the hard thing is, you know, if I play with a lot of new gamers or ones that just don't have the same kind of attention span, it is a little bit longer. And for some reason, it is tricky to get them to go through like, the, oh, here's, here's where I placed my action. Now let me walk back through. Oh, this is how I get eggs. This is not where I go to spend it. All those things. Um, otherwise, I probably would play it way more um it just has a little bit of fiddly things that are hard for new people to get um there are several like next like party-ish games that i love concept is one of them and i never thought it's like a big board with just like little squares of pictures on it but dude when you get a good group together and you have a, like, you're working with a team to try and figure out, like, how do I describe, um, you know, the sound of music using just these little, you know, info, like, infographics things. And I can just drop cubes on them. And the only words I can say are yes. You can't even say no. And people go out of their minds trying to figure out what you're saying and you're rearranging and they don't get it. And you're like, okay, crap, let's try it again. Oh, I, and I've played it with people. They're like, oh my gosh, that was so fun. Let's play it again. Let's play it again. Let's play it again. Um, we had our board gaming weekend in, around Memorial Day, and I probably played this game like five times or six times in like two days um, just because people loved it. And I, when everyone's having a good time and they're involved in, and it was different ages and different types of people, like that is a good game for me. That's a replay. Um, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. I love that game. Jason hates that game. Um, so I don't, I don't to... hate it. I just don't love it. Okay. I would play it over and over again. I like to be the... Um, oh, every time I talk Forens- about this... Forensic, sci- <laughs> forensic, forensic science. scientist. I'm like, every time I talk about this game, I forget that. The forensic scientist at first, and then um, after we play a couple times, let people take over. Because it can be really short just to figure out a case sometimes um so it is worth playing several times in a row 
there's social deduction. There's also like figuring out what the, the forensic scientists trying to get at with their clues because sometimes they just don't fit or they're kind of vague and they're, they're just doing the best they can. I, I, it's fun. I love it. And finally, I had a lot of honorable mentions. See, I love to play games over and over again. Um, my last one is Consulting Detective. This one didn't make my list because there's just a finite number of cases. But I love Sherlock Holmes. I love that kind of unfolding story, deduction, you know, reading and thinking and puzzling out. And I don't do this solo because I don't play games solo. Um, I play with at least one other friend, sometimes two or three. You don't get too many, but I like having some sounding boards. We're talking through stuff. We're thinking through clues. We're speculating, trying to make connections, searching, searching, searching. I love that stuff. I love that stuff. So those are my honorable mentions. Super long list. Sorry. Yeah, I have a couple since you called me out at the top. Um, so one, I would like to play more. And I feel like I can play a lot as Tapestry. It just has a bunch of tracks, bunch of cards, different civilizations that I want to try out and just see what can happen. I like that game quite a bit and I want to play it more. Um, Illimat. This is actually a game that I've played multiple, multiple times in a row. Uh, I think one year at camp, I played it with Brandon three times in a row, like full games of 17. And it's just, it's just great every time. It's like a weird trick-taking game with some other odd, bizarre elements. But it's a cool little card game, and I like it. I do, too. It's good and weird, but good. Yeah, it's it's very weird. But if you like card games, you should definitely check it out. Um, Camel Up, which is a silly racing game. I thought about Homestretch because we talked about that a little bit, but... I think between the two, I would pick Camel Up because it plays a little quicker, and I think it's a little more intense as you're playing it. Stacking the camels up, trying to see who's going to win or who's going to lose. Just a great time. Um, Century Spice Road. I didn't think I would want to keep playing it, but we played it twice in a row at camp this year, and it's so good every time. I still love it. I would put Bust This Out right now and play it because you can play it in 20 minutes, and it's so good. And for a heavier game that I like, London, Marty Wallace. I'd like to play this a little bit more because I need to get better at it because you stomp me. <laughs> I do. And it's just so fun and I enjoy the journey every time. Well, and that's, yes, I would totally play that more often because I do stomp you at it and I, I just get it. Like, ah, oh, I love that multi-use cards and tough choices. And even though it's ugly as sin, it's really fun. And I don't even like Martin Wallace. <laughs> it is ugly as sin. You're right. Okay. Well, we have given you a lot, a lot of content, everybody. I'm sure you're so thrilled. Um, So what about you guys? What are games that you would play over and over and over, back to back, day after day? They never get old for you. Tell us. I want to know, because if you like it that much, maybe I should like it that much. Comment on our Facebook page. Um, If you aren't a part of the hashtag, the Riveted Facebook group, you need to be. Good times are had there. Great people just talking about games. Um, Also, we've got Twitter going on. We've got pictures on Instagram. And we'd love to see your pictures on Instagram. And, of course, the YouTube. Um, Jason's always pumping out videos. Our podcast appears there as well. If you'd rather listen to it through YouTube, go for it. Um, And we're always trying to put out more content for you guys. But we want to hear back. What games do you love to play over and over and over again? Or do you not? I guess it's the other thing. It's like people. It's true. Like there are people who read books once and never pick them up again. I can't fathom that. I can't. Yeah, we can't even watch movies that are released in the last 30 years because you don't want to watch them. I mean, but what if it's bad? Like, I don't... (laughs) I was going to say, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. I don't know what... It's so weird. I don't get it. Because in every other area of my life, I'm like, yeah, let's do something new. Let's try it at least once. But man, when it comes to like any kind of like entertainment consumption, I think it's because I don't want to like put time into it and be completely disappointed. Be like, well, that game totally sucked. Ooh, that movie was awful. Like, oh, this book is terrible. It's not what I was promised. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't have that problem. Like, I can usually enjoy whatever. I'll at least have fun with it. Or if I watch a bad movie, I'll make the best of it. Because I live my life in the in the valley or in the flat line or whatever. No highs, no lows. But, yeah, I... 
I definitely don't have this issue. But I'm sure there are some people who only play a game once. I mean, then move on. The new hotness consumers. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. So if that's you, let us know. I mean, you know, we're not going to like stone you or anything. I'm just curious what that's like. I don't know. I'm mostly just jealous that I can't play all the new hotness. Mm, that's and then true. Move on. <laughs> that's true. All right. I, I, I think that's really it. Yeah, um, I'll give a shout out to the board game rundown. Go check them out. Our friends Tim, Dan, and Bob, and Spencer. Sometimes, yes, I said Dan was our friend. It, okay, we've we've moved we've moved on. Uh, you may have, <laughs> but they have a, a video series, and now they're doing an audio version. If you want to check it out that way, because I know some people don't like having YouTube open all the time because it limits what you can do on your phone and all that mess. So, go check them out. They're they're pretty pretty solid guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll never forget Dan. Never. I was trying to bury the hatchet here, and you just you why? Just why? I don't. It. I don't live like that. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah, you're right. You don't. You, you don't, whack me. Right. I whack you back twice as hard. It's it's like Dan made you made you watch a new movie. That's the kind of hostility that you have. No, I don't. If someone makes me watch it, I will watch it, and I might enjoy it. I just am not going to choose it of my own volition. That's true. But maybe Suicide Squad. I think you want to watch that one. Um, I'm hoping you want to watch that one because I want to watch that one. Not tonight, right? I'm not prepared. No, I have to e- I have to edit this mess tonight. <laughs> so n- not tonight. Okay. I, th- we don't need to talk about... This is not a therapy discussion about my issues. <laughs> hey, I get called out on my issues all the time. Oh, please. We don't have time to delve into my issues. You're right. <laughs> That's true. My issues are probably a little easier. All right. I've been Katie. <laughs> and I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Katie, and, oh, balls, that's not how I started, is it?